You're listening to the Nordic Sound Channel, promoting Nordic music history and culture wherever podcasts can be found. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nordic Sound Channel. You know, as Bob Dylan once said, the times, they are a-changin'. And I can't think of a better line to open this episode with, for the times are gonna be a-changin' around here. Gone are the stuffy boundaries I've been keeping myself between since I started the podcast all those years ago, you know, putting awkward and arbitrary distinctions between what is and isn't fit for this channel. From now on, come on in. The gates are wide open, and I will indiscriminately talk about any Nordic music that I feel is worth talking about. And what better way to introduce ourselves into this brave new world of the Nordic Sound channel than with one of the biggest names in Nordic heavy metal, Amatomarth. Now, I know I said I wouldn't be doing any more episodes until the fall semester starts, but honestly, with Midgard's bloat coming up, actually, by the time you're listening to this, I will already be in Norway at the festival, and all the new albums that are revolving around that, like Nabala's latest release and Hylong's upcoming Drift, which will be premiering at the festival, I want to get this review out in front of all that coverage while it's fresh. Cricket, you will have your turn to talk in a second. So for those of you not well-versed in the world of metal, regardless of what you actually think of their music as they can be pretty polarizing among metalheads even, Amonomarth is one of the most prominent and defining acts of the Scandinavian metal scene on the global stage. Meaning that when they make music, release videos, go on tour, they are performing a huge aspect of Nordicness to people of all ages and all walks of life around the world. And that's what makes them pretty important to talk about. Now, to push this point further, Amonomarth was actually my gateway drug into Nordic metal and Viking history, so they have a pretty special place in my heart. However, their latest work, The Great Heathen Army, has left me feeling a little mixed and conflicted, so let's get into why. The Great Heathen Army is the band's 12th studio album, and whenever a thematically heavy band releases that much music, they always run the risk of getting complacent and eventually playing it safe time and time again. I still remember the sheer majesty of exploring their backlog when I discovered them over a decade ago. It was right before they released their eighth album, Surtur Rising, and I swear if it was possible I would have worn out both my Once Sent from the Golden Hall and with Odin on our side CDs. Every album was filled to the brim with these majestic and epic songs filled with tales of bold heroes and violent gods, with really catchy and brutal riffs, and of course Johan Hegg's incomparable voice. While Yom's Viking, released in 2016 I think it was, was the first album I didn't entirely love, they had a lot of killer tracks on there, and more than made up for it with the absolute explosive album Berserker in 2019. But ever since I first saw the album cover for The Great Heathen Army, which I really am not a fan of, I think it's a little too goofy, especially compared to their really awe-inspiring album covers of old, I knew something was going to be a bit off with this album. Now, I want to put one thing straight before I start talking about the music. This is not a bad album by any stretch of the imagination. Any metal band just starting out would kill to release an album as solid as this, and I like to differentiate myself from, the mo from most online music reviewers by acknowledging that Amonomarth is a band made up of real people who put real work into making their art that they very clearly care about. And for me to sit here and completely shit on them as if I could do any better would be to do one of my worst pet peeves of online music reviews. So, with that said, let's get into my review of the music. 
I think the most poetic way to sum up my impression of this album is to bring up the fact that Johann Haig literally recycles lyrics in the opening track, Get in the Ring, from the song Life Without Regrets from their 2011 album, Surter Rising. Just think about that. That gives the impression of a reluctance to try new things, a feeling that looking back, 11 years is more safe and easier than trying to write something new right now. I can't even remember any other instance of me hearing a band straight up reusing lyrics, uh, almost an entire chorus, for a new album. It just seems a little weird to me. Hello everyone, future Jameson here, interrupting past Jameson. While I was editing this episode, I realized I should probably clarify something that I know someone is going to bring up. Yes, I fully understand the lyrics in question are, is a quote from the Havamal. I teach this stuff here at CU Boulder, I get that. But there are so many other quotes about fearlessness in the face of death, it's a pretty popular topic, that could have been used instead. Or, Johann Hegg could have even written an original line that fits the song as well. Just personally, in my opinion as both a metal musician and as a musicologist, I think that recycling lyrics is the worst choice out of everything that could have been done instead. Or, it might be better to say, the safe choice. It shows that Great Heathen Army is safe. It is by the numbers of Mata Marth, they're doing what they know works and nothing more. Which again means that the music is going to be great and do what it's meant to do, but it fails to do anything new for the most part, uh, which I will talk about the exception in a minute. I can see this album effectively getting new listeners into their backlog if they haven't heard of them before, but for those of us who've been listening to and loving this band for most of our lives, it's really just more of the same, but not as good as what that same used to be. There's no Twilight of the Thunder God on this album. There's no Cry of the Blackbirds, no uh, Father of the Wolf, no Mjolnir Hammer of Thor. These are all songs that defined previous albums and solidified their place in the band's catalog but there were no songs that really packed that same punch on this album. So why do I still like this album if it seems like I've been setting up for a bad review for the last few minutes? I've already said, it's still an album filled with good death metal, if nothing that really leaves a lasting impression on me, but I think this album saves itself with a few key songs that, while failing to really stick with me the way any of the aforementioned tracks from previous albums did, I still think some hold traces of what makes Amon Amarth a world-class act. The first of which is the third track named after everyone's favorite cosmic goat, Hadron. Let's have a listen. Hadrun is just straight up fun, and this is where I think Amon Amarth is at their strongest. This absolute banger of a track is something I can't wait to hear live, and it's just a dumb, goofy song about the cosmic goat that keeps the warriors of Valhalla full of mead from its udders. In other words, to make a movie parallel, Amon Amarth really shines when playing to Marvel's Thor's type of Nordicness, dumb, goofy fun that doesn't take itself too seriously, rather than, say, Robert Eggers' Northman. Amon Amarth is a Viking death metal band that puts on one of the best live experiences in the genre. To this end, I think they need more Hadron, this fun and banging song chanting shows that Amon Amarth's charm is still there, but it's overshadowed by the surrounding songs that have all the weaknesses I've already talked about. 
Hadrun ends up reminding me of Raise Your Horns from Yom's Viking. In the middle of an album of safe songs is this unrelated fun drinking song with a killer riff and a chorus that I can't wait to chant live. With that said, there are a couple of other songs that remind me of Old Amana Marth, in a good way. Dawn of Norsemen, Skoggle Ride With Me, and The Serpent's Trail are all solid songs that could fit right in on Twilight of the Thunder God or with Odin on our side. But they're towards the end of the album, so you sort of have to wade through all the less than stellar tracks to get to them. Other things that save this album, of course, is that not only does Johann Hegg have undoubtedly one of the strongest and most definitive growls in death metal, but the musicians are all world-class as well, and I know all of these songs are going to kick my teeth in live because the members of this band are all top-notch at what they do. I just wish that the guitarists were given more time to shine, because they really do tend to make these really great guitar lines together that stick with you. There aren't so many of them here in this album, unfortunately. Now, to wrap things up here. I am not one of the obnoxious vocal few that have been hailing the death of Monomarth for the last decade. I thought Berserker was a big step in the right direction. Good old-fashioned, silly, teeth-crushing songs that I come to the band for, meant in the best possible way. It ran a little long for some, but all of those songs on their own were absolute killers that added immensely to their battery of live songs, and so many of them I still get stuck in my head when they come on shuffle. The Great Heathen Army, however, to borrow a clever line from Angry Metal Guy, leaves the impression that the indomitable Amonomarth Viking ship seems to have its rudder stuck on something here for most of the album. And on a personal note, part of that to me is the production value. I am really, really tired of overly polished production values without teeth on metal records of the last five years. Amonomarth, be the death metal band that eases up on the compression and lets your incredible instrumentalists live and breathe a little, dynamically. Take chances and step out of your comfort zones. Let your albums show the side of you that kills live. And so friends, that wraps up my review of Amonomarth's Great Heathen Army. Remember, while in relation to their other albums I feel pretty lukewarm about it, I've still listened to it at least twice a day since it came out, because even middle-of-the-road Amonomarth is more than worth listening to. I just want the band to show some willingness to try something new and take some chances on future records. So, you can find me on YouTube and Instagram at the Nordic Sound Channel, and please remember to like, share, comment, and leave a review to help the Nordic Sound Channel grow. So, as always, thank you for listening, and I hope to see you on the next episode of the Nordic Sound Channel. Mm -hmm.